Great to have your company as we wrap up the week. The breaking news out of Victoria is that the load shedding has stopped. There might be some blackouts here and there for various reasons where something's gone wrong, but the load shedding, the deliberate cutting of electricity to 200,000 premises across Victoria has stopped because they do have enough power now to service the state's requirements. That's the latest we've got via the news website on The Australian. I want to find out what's going on here and what will go on in the future. I'm joined by Alan Moran, who's the energy economist at Regulation Economics. He's in Victoria as well. Thanks for joining us, Alan. Hi, Chris. Tell me, uh, we talked about this uh, during the week, how this was looming. Uh, you and I have often discussed the policy shambles that's led to this. It's so predictable that we're going to get this as soon as there was a heat wave hitting, uh, hitting the southeast of Australia. Uh, just how bad did it get today? Oh, it got pretty bad. There were 160,000 at least houses shed. Uh, basically, uh, what, what, I mean, what happened is, is that today uh, we had wind supplying in South Australia, for example, 42% of the electricity. Yesterday, it was only 4% of electricity. I mean, is this a way we can, there's no way we can run a reliable uh, electricity system like this. And, yeah, just can't, and, can't count on it. In fact, South Australia's wind generation was quite handy for Victoria today, wasn't it? Because yeah, the wind sure. was blowing, they were able to pump some into Victoria. But, of course, yesterday it wasn't there, and South Australia was in the same sort of dire strife. And wind is intrinsically unreliable, and, and it's high cost. And essentially, we've we've come to this impasse of an unreliable high-cost system that, as a result of governments subsidising new wind, in various ways, so, and that and that wind has, has displaced coal, which was essentially far more reliable. Well, you and I spoke last night on nights at how we had this remarkable situation for a long period yesterday afternoon, where both South Australia and Victoria had electricity at fourteen and a half thousand dollars a megawatt, the maximum price that can be charged, and that compares to average prices of less than a hundred dollars a megawatt. What happened with the pricing in in Victoria today, and how will that affect how how will that affect Victorian consumers? And is there any flow on to consumers in New South Wales and Queensland, where the, the states where the electricity prices have been lower and the supply has been more secure? Do they get any blowback from what's gone on here? To some degree, but not to a massive degree uh, in, in New South Wales and uh, and Queensland. But certainly, the prices today have been rather lower than those 14,000 have been in the 300s and the 400s. Uh, bear in mind, and you mentioned the price normally is about 100. Well, it used to be 50 uh, before we actually saw the closure of these big power stations, Hazelwood uh, and the northern power station. And in fact, the irony is that I noticed the minister, D'Ambrosio here, saying, oh, well, coal is unreliable. But basically, coal, because coal did lose a couple of, uh, of, of units had we had Hazelwood now, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. No, absolutely not. As 20% of Victoria's uh, power supply, reliable power supply, disappeared. Exactly. And it disappeared because the government, or the federal government primarily, but state government as well, subsidised its comp- competition. And then the state government put a hefty new tax on its coal. So basically, the, the state decided it was unprofitable to stay and close. And the, the ramifications of this are immense. We see them in the, just in today with the, the, I guess, irksome loss of power of individuals and households. But basically, we see the, the longer term effects of much higher prices. And, and we see uh, massive facilities, for example, the, the smelters, 
basically on life support because the prices are now so high that they're not that they're not viable. Yeah, well, tell us, uh, explain to us exactly what's going on here, Alan. Well, right, there's not enough electricity to meet demand at peak demand. So what happened, uh, what we've seen over the past two days is the market's been actually paying some big users to stop using power, to get factories to switch off their furnaces or switch off altogether. Uh, they pay them to stop using power to try and make sure there's enough. The price goes through the roof so that every little generator, no matter how expensive it is, they fire them up and pump power into the system yet even when you do all that trying to reduce how much power people are being used and 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 muster every bit of generation you can get there still wasn't enough so so the 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 operators actually then deliberately shut down suburbs do they and how do they choose how do they choose which consumers they're going to deny power to how long do they do it for and how do they make sure they don't knock out a, a nursing home or a hospital well, they, they have algorithms which actually prevent that. So they, they have given priorities to, to certain areas. And those the, the, the system of load shedding has gotten more and more sophisticated. So we don't see hospitals or nursing homes uh, going out. Uh, at least I hope we don't. We certainly shouldn't. Uh, so the, there is a sort of a rationality in doing that, and, it, and it's reasonably well managed. But the, the issue is this should never happen. I mean, it's a third world system we're actually operating in, and it's one of our own making. It's nothing to do with the market. It's actually with the distortion of the market caused by government in the past, which have forced these reliable power stations, low-cost reliable power stations to close, and they've actually made it almost impossible for a new power station to open because it faces... It bases the competition from wind, uh, which is, which has got a fifty percent subsidy uh, essentially, uh, and that wind comes in and comes out at will. It's nothing to do. It's not dispatchable, and that forces the the uh, the coal-fired power stations to reciprocate, and they not they can't operate like that. Stop, start, stop, start. It, 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 they start wearing out. It is madness. Look, it just drives me me nuts because it's just so mindless. It's so dumb. It's so inane. Even the, if you're a mad climate alarmist, well, if you look at the facts and look at what's happening with global carbon emissions, what we're doing here, you know none of this can help. So, I mean, there's, there's no logical reason for us to be doing this to ourselves. I'm a bit worried about the algorithms for the load shedding, though, because that tends to suggest if you're in a suburb that has experienced load shedding, it means you're, you're one of the targeted suburbs. It means next time next time you can expect the same thing. But the thing that will concern people in New South Wales, Alan, is the extent to which this, tra- this, this, this dire crisis could actually travel north, uh, especially, of course, after the, the uh, Liddell Power Station closes in a few years. Well, that that will leave uh, New South Wales on on a sort of a knife edge, a similar knife edge that that uh, Victoria was on when the, with the high Hazelwood closure. So you know the the, the disease is travelling, and it's a disease uh, which is politically dictated, uh, which the governments owe. Basically, sabotage the electricity system. But they've done uh, this with a twenty three percent renewable. Um Target. They're not. They're not. Not even at twenty three percent yet nationally. But that's that's where they're aiming to get in the next couple of years. Twenty three percent renewable energy uh, across the country. And yet, Bill Shorten, if he gets in, is promising to go to fifty percent nationally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just it's just mind boggling what that would do to the system. It can only mean more taxes, more subsidies, more distress, and basically driving us further and further into this third-world electricity system. It's an actual 
it's a real catastrophe, a tragedy for Australia because we do have essentially we should have the cheapest electricity in the world. We did have it even a, a, a decade or so ago. Uh, the only reason why we don't have the cheapest, most reliable system in the world is because of the government intercessions. And uh, it's, it's quite a disaster for us as an economy, uh, competitiveness, and in terms of, you know, the loss of, the loss of the, a facility, electricity at the household level. We are on a ship of fools. Thanks so much for explaining it to us, Alan. Okay, you're welcome, Chris. Alan Moran there from Energy, from Regulation uh, Economics. Uh, Really appreciate his insight. What a shambles. It it is mind-boggling. No matter how long I look at this, no matter how much detail I get into, I just find it incredible to believe that a first-world proud, self-reliant country like Australia would deliberately do this to itself. Not our, our worst enemies could not dream of inflicting this much harm on us, they sit back and laugh as we inflict it upon ourselves.